Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. So, Paul, do you order wine when you go to a restaurant? Okay, so I'm thinking that's a pretty obvious question. You're going somewhere with this. So, yes, Rick, I order wine at a restaurant. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do tell. <laughs> well, that's according to a big deal, if pretty jerky sommelier. Yeah, well. So, so today we're going to tell him all the things he's doing wrong. Oh, what fun. Yeah. Okay. Good. Also today, listeners ask about interesting white wines for the summer. I hope they're not ordering those wrong. They probably will, according to this guy. This guy, yeah. yeah they are, we're going to ask another, more listeners ask about decanting wines and whether they should trust staff recommendations in wine shops, which I think is a really good question. Yeah. We have yeah. another installment of Stuff We Love. And in Horrible Wine Writing, we're going to put some real reviews up against one of my favorite things, a random description generator. Which sort of sounds like us. And it's true. <laughs> and plus, as usual, we'll be making fun of wine snobs. Cool. And a couple reminders. As usual, we are on still on Capital Public Radio's line, podcast lineup. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Recommended right next to famous shows. Famous shows. And then there's us. <laughs> no, and thank you to Cap Public Radio for that. Also, we are on Napa Broadcasting. Thank you yes. to them for the same same mistake. Same mistake. Yeah. Absolutely. We yeah. love them for it. Yeah. All right. So, Paul, here's a magazine story, and here's the headline. You're ordering wine wrong, says top New York City sommelier. Okay. Well, I'm g good to know that. I, I, I can't help thinking that... Um, Anytime somebody in the service industry tells his customers that you're doing everything wrong, that the problem is not the customer. <laughs> well, that's true, too. But this is a standard thing in the wine world, and it drives me a little bananas. So yes. if I get a little bananas yes. here, Paul. This, hey, is, this is one of Rick's soapboxes. Yes. So let him climb on board. Yes. Here I go. <laughs> here okay. we go. That's not how you talk to people, especially <laughs> about wine. Especially your own customers. Especially your own customers. You don't tell people you're doing things wrong. And right. the whole point with wine is you're supposed to enjoy it. There shouldn't be a wrong. That's right. All right. There is not not there shouldn't be, Rick. There isn't. There isn't a wrong. Well, there you know what's wrong? wrong? This guy. Okay. Right. So tell and me the magazine what he says. Too. So this is the magazine. Let me I'm quoting for the magazine whose name we will not uh, quote because we don't want to be because sued. Because we don't want to be sued. So here's the magazine writer. If there's one person who would be voted most likely to intimidate at a restaurant, it's the sommelier. Mm -hmm. Wine lists can be confusing, even daunting territory for diners. Plus, alcohol invariably represents a good percentage of a restaurant check. You will recognize most of the bottles on a cocktail list. Wines are another story. Okay, the fair writer, point. The writer continues, jerky sommelier's name removed so we don't get sued, is here to help. Uh-huh. Here's the subhead. Here's what you're doing wrong with your wine order. <laughs> Is that helping? Here's the sommelier talking now. Let me excuse. Let me rephrase that. Here's the jerky sommelier talking now. <laughs> you're not making decisions. This is him still going on. Well, I think it's a him. Yeah. Please don't ask. What do you? This is him saying. Please don't ask. What do you suggest? My wine list is my suggestion. I have 110 suggestions out of tens of thousands of wines. Okay, good. So out of 110 wines, if they're all equal, why not just put one of them on the list? Yeah. And you could just do one wine and we'd be fine. Or if he, if these are his suggestions and he's not going to tell us anymore, why go is home. he working? Yep. Go home. Yeah. 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 No suggestions to make. You can go home now. Thank you very much. Yes. And he... And he continues to be jerky, which is that he says, you know, if I say you probably want a white to start, that's a strong hint. This devolves into a long back and forth about a blogger who swears Napper Cabernet with oysters. Cabernet is an oysters with is a great pairing. We're going to have a long night. So this is a guy. So, it's all about him. Uh, well, no, it's all about him being right. 
and his customers needing education because his customers clearly aren't as smart as he is. And his job is not to give them a wonderful evening. His job is to tell them when they're right and when they're wrong. And if they're lucky, they might get a passing grade by the time they leave the restaurant. But apparently not to ask him for help. No, but you don't ask for help because yes. you – well, it's, a, it's an exam. All right. So here's another thing you're doing wrong, Paul. Yes. You're, you're overspending. You know, I hate it when I do that. Uh, yeah. And he says, this is the guy again. The best way to get a good deal, a wine deal for me is to challenge me. Say, I have $100. What's the best wine me and my girlfriend can drink tonight? No, wait. Does he say, I have $100? What's your suggestion for the best way to spend it with on wine tonight? Because he just said, don't ask for suggestions. That's true. And, she's, and now he, but first off, but, yeah, his okay. grammar's bad. Well, yeah. Because it would be my girlfriend and I. Right. Uh, but he says, now I want to impress you. I want to show off. So he's showing you he's a jerk. Yes, he is. Now I might dig something out of my cellar to give you the wines of your life at that price. Why wouldn't he do this with everybody? Because his wine is a, he's already made his suggestions. He should just go home. Well, uh, I, I guess right. the answer is you just slip him a hundred bucks and sit back and expect to be wowed, right? Right. But don't ask for any suggestions. So here's another one. Okay. You're not providing key information. Now, I'm thinking, isn't it his job to ask questions to what get that information? What information is he not getting? Well, and then he goes on to describe the situation. Is yeah. it a business meal? Is it an anniversary? Is it a breakup? Those are good questions for him to ask. Yes, except it has nothing to do with the wine or the food. Well, on the one hand, I think every good waiter or every good sommelier uh, should, when he approaches a table, walk up and say... Uh, are we celebrating something special tonight? Oh, Is would, it your first time would, in the restaurant? I would say never use the word we. Are you celebrating? Because okay, we, we is yeah, yeah, patronizing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that idea of finding out what's going on at the table is an important part of service. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But that's all he asks. And isn't that his, but it's his job to find that information. It's his job to find he's, that he's, out. So basically, yes. he, it, it turns out, it turns out that he's there every night. So he's theoretically the expert, and the customers are there maybe once or twice a year. So they may not know quite as much about how things work in the restaurant as he does. So why shouldn't he give them help? Well, you would think. You would think. You would think his job but would be to Apparently help. the jerky sommelier has a different opinion. Yes, yes. Uh, here's another good one. Mm -hmm. He says, you're letting your sommelier refill a non-empty glass. Now, I'm thinking, whose fault is that? This guy's a jerky sommelier. Yes. Because if he's refilling a non-empty glass and you don't want it refilled, why is he picking up that bottle? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, like he's saying he's, you're wrong for going to a restaurant where they refill, right. which is his restaurant. Right. So, yeah. What yeah. an idiot. Well, yeah. Although, I mean, it is fair. I sometimes hold my hand sort of up and slightly over the glass to, when, the, when someone comes by to fill up the wine glasses. If I've had enough... I'll say, I've had enough. Just give Rick the rest you, well, of the that's bottle. That's what I was going to say. I love when you do that. More e wine for me. Exactly yes, right. And it works exactly well. right. Um, yes. Yep. Uh, he, and his, it does. He, okay. Here's another one. Here's another yep. one. Uh, sometimes, let's be honest, you're showing off. This is him saying. Yeah. Okay. The flip side of rule number three, that's the don't give him – you don't give enough information, is giving your sommelier too much information. So now you have to know exactly how much. <laughs> he, he says showboating is obnoxious in anything. But didn't he just say how he wants to show off to he you? He is a showboat. So he says, I want so to show off. showboating is okay as long as he does it. So but he, the he, customer better not do it nope, or nope. all hell will break loose. And he says, don't pick a wine because you want to impress someone, least of all the sommelier. Okay, that's fair enough. But he says, don't say you want a Brunello de Montalcino when you really want an Oregon Pinot. What if you want a Brunello? 
<laughs> this guy makes no this, sense at all. But I, guy, lo- I love the fact that he's getting offended about the fact that the customers in his place are yes. showing off. They're his customers. Yes. Let them show off yes. if that's he, what makes them have a good time. He has moved from jerk to tool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And here's another one. I like this. You're still drinking champagne out of flutes. Oh, man. No, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm supposed to—it wasn't like we brought the flutes. No, no. You're in his restaurant, <laughs> yes. and, and he's drinking—he's serving you the wine in flutes, and then he's telling you're an idiot for drinking the wine in flutes? Yes. Okay. And you're going to love the last one. Okay. You're letting bad sommeliers run roughshod rough all over you. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's this defined guy's a, himself. He is a caricature. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> defined oh himself. Oh, my God. All right. Well, anyway, <clears throat> that is— uh, Everything you need to know about being a sommelier. Speaking of running roughshod, dear listener, you're letting us run roughshod over you. Yeah, so, and we're having a good time doing so it, too. So we're going to take some questions. Good. Uh, thank you for listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. If you'd like to ask us a question, the place is rickandpaulwine.com. And Rick, one if word. someone wants to ask us for a suggestion. We are not giving it to them. No, yes, we do are. Do not bother us. No, no. No? We, we will give them a and, suggestion. And by the way, uh, uh, we're charging $100. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Actually, Jennifer and Folsom has asked us for some wine suggestions. For a suggestion. So unlike our jerky sum, we are going to give her a few. Good. Jennifer says, it's getting hot around here, and we're drinking a lot of Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, but what other whites do you guys like? Everything. Yeek, sort of. Okay. Yeah. I like but everything. Let's, but let's give her some suggestions. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to give, so I'm gonna start with one of my faves. Good. Which is an Italian wine. It's Suave. Suave. So, yep. And Suave Classico. You know, Suave used to be this sort of really... Uh, just a lot of really light, nothing special wines, but there's a whole uh, lot of really, really, become a wonderful really delicious suave wines that yep. are light. There's fruit, but they still have a lightness yep. to them. Yep. Really delicious. And when you order them, Rick, you feel a little suave yourself. I do. You? Yes. And I need all the suave I could get. Yes, you're so, pretty yeah. suave. Yep. Uh, you want me to pick one? Yeah, pick one. You know, I'm going to pick um, combination Vouvray, Chenin Blanc. Now, Vouvray is where they grow Chenin Blanc in France, and Chenin Blanc is what they call it in America. Light, fresh, fruity, sometimes a little off-dry, absolutely delicious. Yeah, it has kind of, sometimes it has a honey note in it that's really good. Oh, I love it I, when you, you know, call I, me honey. I have, uh, I have, well, not that I'm ever wrong, but I've been wrong about, because uh, <laughs> I've, I've, there was, there have been various waves of Chenin Blanc attempts by regions, you know, in, in Northern California and other places yep. where, to make it like a big deal wine. Yeah. And, and I, I don't understand why it doesn't catch on because it's a delicious, and, easy to and love some wine. some of the best is made a stone's throw from a, our studios in, right here in, in Cap lovely Radio. Clarksburg, California. Yes, absolutely right. right. So, absolutely uh, right. Another wine I like a lot and it actually has a tiny bit of traction in the little tiny world, uh, which is Vermentino. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's, you know, another Italian wine. It's got a, can have these really sort of great, those stone fruits like peach and apricot yeah. in there and still yeah. some brightness. Yeah, but if you like apricot, then I got to vote for Riesling, which yep. is one of the great white wines of the world. I just finished mm-hmm. doing a class on the wines of Germany at Napa College, and we drank Riesling, and everybody walked out of that class with this really silly grin on their Riesling's face. Riesling's are great. Those were Especially so Especially for summer, because they're bright, they're so fresh, delicious. but they can have such depth of fruit. And they can be dry, yep. they can be sweet, they're all yep. good. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to uh, make one uh, as a, a dry, diverse demeanor. So, okay. you know, uh, Californians, Americans tend to think of Gerstemeter as like those sweet I- I wines they drank out of blue ceramic the, bottles and things like that. The problem with Gewürztraminer, Rick, is it's very difficult to get Americans to order it because they right. sit down at the restaurant. And they go, Gewürztraminer. Yeah, the, the secret is to point to it and yes. just say number 23. Yes. Yes. Unless number it's not 23. number 23, then it's well, a problem. Well, then you'd end up with something else. Th- yeah. Yes. But um, yep. a couple others. Uh, 
uh, I'm a fan of Tarantas, which is an Argentinian From word. Argentina, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, in Argentina, they pronounce it Torrontes. Tor- yes, well, I can't roll my R's. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it's, that's one of your so, many, many failings. Yes, it's, there goes my international standing. Yes. <laughs> and, and yet, I have yet one more. Okay, and it's it's another. It's like a really new hot region, which is Mount Etna. Etna in in yeah, Sicily yeah, in Italy yeah. is Bianco, yeah. which is um, uh, the white from that region. The grape is Caracanti. You don't have to worry about that. But right. Etna Bianco, right. it's another wine that's got this really nice freshness, uh, lovely fruit, but a real brightness to it. Well, the other Very thing I'm going to add to the list, just because it's fun, is and I'm astonished that Rick wouldn't mention this, is if you're talking about white wines. Uh, and you don't want to drink Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc, you should always consider sparkling. Oh, yes. Well, that's true. I was thinking sparkling as its own little category. It is. You should always consider sparkling. But you should always <clears throat> consider sparkling. All right. Well, that's a whole lot of lists. Um, I'm going yeah. to recap I'm that thirsty. list, uh, Jennifer, just in case. A few of those words that we brought up was so Suave, Chenin Blanc, Vermitino, Riesling, Tarantas, a Divide Dry Gewürztraminer. You had another one I forgot. Um, uh, Vouvray. Vouvray, which, which is, is Chenin Blanc. Blanc. Yeah, at Bianco. There's a few. Yeah. <clears throat> I hope that's a little bit of help. All right. Our next question is from Stephen in Hillsburg. He mm-hmm, says, mm-hmm. our favorite restaurant here, this is another one of those psalm things, but it's a nice psalm thing. Our favorite restaurant here is name removed so you don't get sued, and the service is great. Everyone is friendly and helpful. Obviously, that jerky sommelier does not work there. That's right. The wine lady is great, but lots of times my partner and I just want Chardonnay. She keeps making other suggestions, but she only does that when we get Chardonnay and no other wine. What's up with the Chard hating? Yeah, she's not really Chard hating, but this is another one of those examples of a sommelier who thinks it's my job to make to give people the opportunity, at least, to stretch their experience a little bit and go beyond their comfort zone. I don't necessarily think it's shard hating, uh, but at the same time, if your customer comes in and says, "I re- boy, we love Chardonnay. What's a good Chardonnay we should order? Your answer should not be, why Chardonnay? Right. They just told right. you why Chardonnay. Right. They really love Chardonnay. Right. So give them a Chardonnay. Right. Um, the, yeah, but, but the fact that they describe her as helpful and nice, um, I'm thinking she's just... She she knows how much time and love she's put into the wine list, and she's just a little sad that people aren't exploring some of the fun things she's put there. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I mean, Chardonnay to a lot of um, very nice, well-intended uh, of wine professionals is sort of like the first wine on the list. It's the top right. of the list, so let's move a little farther. Right. And and right. and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the flip side, you know, Chardonnay. If they want to, they want to. want a Chardonnay. That wine, they yeah. should drink. Chardonnay. Give them their wine. Right. Yep. So, okay. Okay. Well, uh, now coming up is a very fun a fun thing in our... Uh, oh, yeah. This is We the... don't just have some really horrible wine writing. We have some brilliant, fake, really horrible this wine writing. This is the wine writing challenge. It is. So, what we have here today in our really horrible wine writing is I had, went to one of my favorite little websites... Is and they have a random wine review generator. It just randomly picks out words that are somehow related to wine. They actually and I, they also have random financial advice generator. And it is brilliant, and I should yeah, yeah. I should have brought one in. Darn it! Um, but uh, so these so some of these descriptions are real. 
Okay. And then, uh, and and then some, some of, of these are, f- are fake. And I reconstructed the real ones more or less only to fit the form. So they're okay. all the same. But okay. these are, yeah. but, th- but not much. Not by yeah. much. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm going to read you a couple and you tell, I'm going to read you one. You tell me whether you think it's real or fake. Okay. Okay. A delightful mesquite aftertaste and continental snapberry flavors bob and weave in the 2014 Zinfandel. Okay, I'm going to say that's fake because the mesquite aftertaste comes first and most people would put it later. Right, good. And plus there's nothing called snapberry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I like the fact that those flavors bob and weave. Yes. All right, so this one is the 2013 Merlot binds domestic rosemary essences and wet tea with an acidic seaside finish. I hate to say it, but I think that's real. Eh. Oh, man. It so could be, though, it couldn't so it? It could be. You know, until you got to the very end with the seaside finish, that really doesn't fit with the Merlot. But the rest of it, you can just imagine oh, you some jerk totally. saying that. And you could see somebody saying a seaside finish, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, yeah. probably have to be a white. But yes. All right. The 2013 Pinot Gris offers complex beeswax, fragrant minerality, and honeysuckle pear flavors. Okay. That's real. Totally. And what's really funny is that minerality has no right. strong aromas, and what, yet they're describing whatever it as it might fragrant be. Yes. minerality. Right. That's right. almost as good as our favorite from a few weeks ago, shaved minerality. <laughs> shaved minerality. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay, so, sh- hey, I'm two for three. Not bad. I'm two for Not three. Right. Okay. <clears throat> the licorice and new car leather aromas bind with perfumey upturned bramble notes in the 2014 Zinfandel. Real. It is. Ah, three out of four. It is. Yeah, okay. New, I love this. New car leather aromas. New car and, leather aromas and perf- bind. Right. Bind. And perfumey upturned bramble. Yeah, I have no idea what upturned bramble I'm, is, but I'm bramble and Zinfandel belong in, right. with each other. So, okay, I got one more to go. All right, this last one's going to be tough. See if you can get it. The 20,000, <coughs> excuse me, the 2014 Chardonnay brings together pleasant apple notes and crack cocaine undertones <laughs> with a voluptuous horseradish finish. Okay, I'm thinking that's random. <laughs> that one is random. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You get me a Chardonnay with crack cocaine undertones and I can make you some money. I'm telling you, you could sell the heck out of that one. And All the right. voluptuous horseradish finish. Yeah. Oh, Rick, those are priceless. That is good. I'm telling you, this thing is worth spending some time with. <laughs> if anybody's out there listening, just remember, write down random wine review generator and go play WoW. Because they got some other things on that site, too, and it really is hilarious. And, That's and now and then fun. they become ridiculous like this one, but sometimes they, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. so real. But the funny thing is we've had some that were way wackier than this. That's yep. just bad. All right. Yep. All right. Well, now we've been making fun of the stuff we don't like. How about some stuff we love? Oh, good. So we were talking a little bit earlier about summer whites. Yep. You have a particular love for a couple. And I thought I'd let you talk about it. Well, I, I really love the wines from northwestern Spain and northern Portugal. And depending on where it comes from, it could be called Rias Baijas. It could be uh, Vino Verde. It could be Albariño. Um, but the thing to remember is this part of Spain gets a ton of rain. Uh, it is the landscape is almost like Norway. It's deep fjords uh, in the in the coastline. The people there remember lots of rain, so the grapes don't get very ripe. Right. So there are these very bright, lively white wines, and 
the coast is full of shellfish. So they eat mussels and oysters and all sorts of delicious things. And they serve these white wines with them. And who and, wouldn't love that all summer? And morning? they all have an acidic seaside finish. They have an acidic seaside they finish. They actually with sort just, of do. You do sort of get that seashelly thing on some of those wines. Just a little crack cocaine them, yeah. undertone. <laughs> it's, yeah, those are, those are beautiful wines. And you do you, you taste those wines and you, you feel like you're on the coast of Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They're, they're they're Ice cold. Ways. Next to whether if you're if you're on the West Coast, Dungeness crab. If you're on the East Coast, why not lobster? Yep. And a little albarino, and you're a happy camper. At least I am. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, we have uh, time for a couple more questions. So let's Good. take one from Cheryl in Tahoe City. Mm-hmm. She says, when we go out, my husband always insists that they decant any red wine we get. Is that always necessary? And if it is, should we decant whites? Ah. I'm certain he doesn't know. <laughs> I will say the wine always looks good sitting there. Uh, technically, 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 should you decant every wine? No, but actually, it's not a bad idea it to decant It doesn't most. really ever hurt, unless it's a really old wine. An old wine, it sometimes that's a different issue. can take yes. away some of the aromatics. But in general, decanting a young wine doesn't usually hurt it. On the other hand, I always tell people, if you really want to decant a wine, the easiest place to decant it is to pour it into a glass. I, I just pour it straight in. My pour mouth. it straight yeah. in your mouth and like swirl it around. Gargle. Gargle. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yep, that, that decants the heck out of it, I'm telling you. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt the wine. There's, it doesn't it, really yeah. hurt the wine. I have had white wines decanted by top sommeliers because they knew that the wines were a little young. They might still be a little bit of sulfur in the nose. And if you shake them around a little bit, that sulfur disappears. The um, one thing with decanting is it can sometimes be a, a temperature issue. If your wine's just at the right temperature, it might get a little warm. And if it's too warm, it's a really bad idea. Right. But if your yeah. wine's too cold, it'll, it'll warm it up. Yep. The one thing to know about decanting old wines, and, and that's where most people think that they're good, is that old wines are really delicate. Yeah. And, and you pour them out once uh, quick to, um, to make sure you get the sediment out. Right. But if they sit in a decanter for any length of time, they get seriously decanted, they're actually going to lose some of their flavor. Some it of them fade. can. Yeah. It depends well, on how old they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. But I think we should send Cheryl's husband to the Jerky Sommelier restaurant in New York. And let him, let him do battle. Let him play. Yeah, I'd sell tickets. Take your husband and tell him to slap that guy around. Ask the guy to make a suggestion, and then when he brings the wine that he suggests, tell him that you really think it would be better decanted. Yes, I think you should do that. Yes, (laughs) give him too much information. Yeah, Uh, that's right. right. This next one is from Dan in Culver City, and he says "Uh, a lot of the wine stores here have staff recommendations on the shelves for some wines. We found they're hit and miss, so I'm wondering: are those really staff recommendations, or are they just trying to get rid of those wines? So my guess is they the really are. Yes. The, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yes. My guess is they really are staff recommendations. But remember that just like in a bookstore that has staff recommendations, different people making different recommendations. Not surprising that uh, Dan finds them hit or miss. What he should do is if he finds one that hits, look for that particular staff member and say, this staff member seems to have the same palate I do, seems to like the same things I do. I'm going to follow his recommendations. On the other hand, the staff recommendation from that other guy that he didn't like, don't pay any attention to them. You know, Clearly, they don't often agree. They, and they don't tell you who the guy is. It just says staff recommendation. Well, if that's yeah. the case, then I'd start asking. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is this, and this is uh, from the, the book of uh, Retail Wine Sales 1, yes. which is that if you've got a wine that you think people will like, you're yes. not going to do this with a wine that you don't think they'll like, but it is not moving. Yeah. You make it a staff recommendation. Yeah, yeah, sure. So sure. so one of the things is it, it may not actually have been a staff recommendation, but at the same time, they're not going to do that to something you think is 
is like they think is swill because right. it's bad for their rep. Right. So, but right. sometimes it is. It yeah. is. So sometimes, um, Dan, it is a little bit to get the wine into your hand. But, but it, I also it's not like. Bad. I mean, in a lot of cases, it'll be you know, Larry likes this wine, Bob likes this wine, and Mary likes that wine, and each one will have a different recommendation. Follow those, and you may uh, begin to develop a relationship I'm, with somebody. I'm going who, with Mary. Bob doesn't know what he's talking about. Bob doesn't know what he's talking about. Kind of he just bobs and weaves. He's, he's kind of he's kind of an idiot. Well, <laughs> speaking of kind of an idiot. That's us. That's us. And that is another round of Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Our producer is Matt Bassini, and Matt is actually leaving us as our producer. Today. Our heart is broken. Our heart is broken. Matt is also, a, he's still working for Capital Public Radio, but he is a budding screenwriter. And as somebody who's read some of the scripts, the man is good. Yeah. So when yep. he's accepting his Oscar, you know, um, Rick, we expect a thank you to the Bottle Talk. For we will speaking. be some of the little people. We will be the little people. And, and you know, if he's such a good scriptwriter, you'd think he could help this show he a little. He could, <laughs> really. Maybe we should just hire you for that. Well, thank you to Capital Public Radio for the steward use. Our associate producer is Jerry Marin. Uh, don't forget, you can ask us a question at rickandpaulwine.com. And if you learned anything today, we hope it's this. Most Psalms are good people trying to help. But if anyone tells you you're ordering wine, wine wrong, Paul, what do you do? I, I can't use those words on, on the air. I'll throw food at them. Um, I was going to say call the manager. <laughs> the, the, the other is yank out the tablecloth. Yank out the tablecloth. <laughs> like there you go. Yes. All right. Well, that, the lesson is there's no wrong way to order wine. I'm Rick Cushman. <laughs> and I'm Paul Wagner. And remember, the best wines are the ones you drink with friends. Or with us. Especially us. Especially us.